This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. You're listening to the award-winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, featuring business experts, industry disruptors, game changers, and thought leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to build a successful business and become known as an influential voice in your industry? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. So welcome to another Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. This is episode 265, brought to you by Podcasting with Purpose, helping you to stand out, be heard, and be that influential voice in your industry. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the Podcasting Queen. Now, are you struggling to be recognized as the go-to person in your industry? You might even have qualifications, the knowledge, and the experience. Perhaps you've even won some industry awards, but you're still struggling to get your name and reputation known. Now, if you answered yes, then stick around, grab a pen and paper and take notes because today's guest is an expert in this area, helping experts become the go-to authority in their industry. Now, joining me on today's show is Samantha Riley. Samantha, she is a speaker. She's an international business growth coach, number one best-selling author, host of the Thought Leaders Business Lab podcast, co-founder of the Global Thought Leaders Network, and she has had 25 years personal experience in building and growing successful businesses. Now, today, she helps thought leaders and experts to scale their business so that they have more income, more freedom, and more impact, something I know thought leaders and change makers desire. Now, on today's show, Samantha is going to share the three key pieces you need to have in place to ensure that you are recognized as the go-to authority in your industry. She's going to share some must-do tips to help you share your message and create that global impact, as well as why working outside of your zone of genius, it's diluting your results and so much more, I'm sure. Welcome to the show, Samantha. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Anne-Marie. I'm super excited to be diving into this topic with yes, you today. Yes, yes. You know, so many um, change makers and aspiring thought leaders have a wealth of knowledge and expertise. They want to challenge the status quo. They've got great impact that they're making already with some of their clients, yet as they're sharing their content, getting out there and doing all of the things that they're told that they need to do, they're still struggling. What are some of the things that you, let's talk about some of the things you see uh, thought leaders doing that really they shouldn't. Uh, let's talk about the things not to do because often we don't realize that that's something that's actually inhibiting us before we dive into what we should be doing in those three key pieces. Yeah, totally. And I want to go back to something that you mentioned just only 30 seconds ago and experts that have got a lot of qualifications. And what I see happening a lot is people that are feeling like the world's best kept secret They've got qualifications all over the wall. They, they really know their topic. They're amazing at what they do, but they think that the way to get more clients is to go back and get the next qualification, yeah, the where next that course. is actually not the case. And I know that we're going to dive into that today. Um, and I guess everything I talk about is 
from personal experience. These are all mistakes that I made where, um, you know, I think the more knowledge we have, the more we realize we don't actually know. Yeah. And sometimes our expertise is so huge that we actually start to hold ourselves back mm. thinking that we need to know more, but we don't. Uh, it's about getting out there and helping people with the knowledge that we've already got and maybe you know, focusing more on the marketing and getting mm. our message across clearly rather than doing another another course, another certification. Yes. What you said there I think is so important because often we think we do need to add to our quals or the way in which we're going to position ourselves is to have a long, long list of, of things that we've achieved, which is great to have because it positions us with our expertise, but it's certainly yeah. not what we should lead with and we end up getting overwhelmed. So thinking about that then, it probably segues beautifully into the things we should be focusing on so the three key pieces what's the first key piece the first key piece is really your positioning where are you positioning yourself in the marketplace so that you stand out in your unique way what makes you different so what is the the message that you're sharing so not just the kind of people that you can serve but what makes you different because yeah. every single one of us is unique and we need to really stand out and help people to understand what it is that is our unique story, you yes. know, our brand, our values, what do we stand for, um, you know, the way the special people that we can help. So mm -hmm. you know, that, that positioning is all about the message. It's about getting really deep in your, in your niche or your niche, depending on which part of the world you come from, uh, and, and really owning that and getting nice and deep in that vertical. Uh, and the third piece in that positioning is building your audience mm. because we can't sell to no one. We have yes. to have an audience there. Yeah. If you look back at those three key things, do you find that often we try to jump ahead first so that people are looking for that audience and the reason why the message that they're sharing is just not building the momentum that they want is because they haven't gone deep. Because we go online now and the tools and technologies that we have at our fingertips are fantastic, but it also means that our message is amongst a lot of other people who are speaking into our industry. So what are some of the things that we need to do to really make sure that we've got such a clear message that's going to distinguish us from what many other people may be doing as well, going deep? What are some things that we can think about? Yeah, so the things that we need to think about is what is start to think back over your time in your in your career or yeah. in your business and what are the standout parts of your genius zone? So when I'm talking genius zone, I'm talking about the things that are an eight and nine or a 10 out of 10 in the things that we love to do, the things, there's often a clue that for, you think that everyone can do this thing as easily as you and people, and, and you know, you, you say, it and people are like, oh, I don't, I don't know how to do that. And you're like, how do you not know how to do that? That's so easy. You know, it, mm. I'm sure we've all, we've all had times like that. So it's about getting really clear on what, what that genius zone is. And then start to pull the stories of how you've got to where you are mm. and then start to really concentrate and pay attention to who that ideal client is that has those same stories yes. uh, and, and needs your help in that genius zone. And then the, the things that we're sharing are only 
in that little piece. And mm. I think that's where people come off the rails a little bit. They start to share all these different stories and all these different things, but not understanding which pieces fit where. Yes, so important. And I love the way that you've said, you know, make sure that you stick to st sharing that message and into the stories and not spreading yourself too thin. Because I see some people with real expertise, and these are my colleagues, real expertise in, um, in the area that they speak towards. And then they take on another business, like a side business, which is fine. But then when they start to share that message, if you want to become known as that go-to authority by having too many mixed messages on different, you know, topics altogether can actually weaken your message, can't it? Yes, yes. And, and like I said, I've done all these mistakes myself. <laughs> you know, it's like I'd sit down to write a blog post, you know, eight years ago and think, what am I going to write about? And, you know, an idea of some random thing would drop in. Yeah, I know that I have to write content. I'll write about that thing. Yeah. That had nothing to do with how I actually helped my clients. Yeah. So, so sure, I shared something that people enjoy to read, but it didn't help my target market or my ideal client or my prospect or however we want to talk about that person. Yeah. It didn't help them understand this is the pain points that I help you overcome. Mm -hmm. You mentioned something and I, I want to dive a little bit deeper into this because we know that stories, they really can connect at an emotional level because as we're starting to share our journey, our insights, our learnings, our struggles, the people who are our, our ideal clients resonate with that and that's a way that we really build rapport. Do you have advice around keeping your story short and concise or, or really focusing on what you need to? Because I remember going and my oldest daughter, who's also in business, we went to an event and the story that this person was telling, we kind of looked at each other and rolled our eyes because it's like, <laughs> give it to us. And I know you're like that too. Give us to us, you know, straight. So what are some yeah, ways yeah. that we can share our story that is going to make an impact and not have our ideal client fall asleep in the process of us sharing it? Oh, I love this question and I love it so much because straight away it comes to mind someone that was sharing their story just last week uh, and I was listening and I'm thinking, what relevance, like that's a really cool story, but what relevance yes. does this have with, you know, the forum that we're in right now? And, and the answer was zero. And you're right. I was like, oh, you know, come on, come on, I've got things to do. Uh, so it's really understanding who that ideal client is and seeing your seeing through their eyes. So what are the fears and frustrations that they're going through right now? Where is it that they want to be mm. in the future? Or what is it that they want right now? And you know, what is it that they want in the future? And then start to put together the pieces of your story that relate directly to that. Mm -hmm. Because we've, we're, we've all got a gazillion stories. You know, I've got, as everyone does, a million stories, but 99% of them can be put not in the closet because we're hiding from them, but they don't need to be told mm. because they're not relevant to what we're talking about. So think about that ideal client or that prospect mm -hmm. and match our stories up to theirs. So if I've got a prospect that's having trouble with feeling like the world's best kept secret, mm. then the story that I'm going to share at that time is about a time where I was experiencing that same thing. Yeah. It's not a story about how, um, you know, I went through IVF. It's completely yeah. irrelevant. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I don't need to tell that story. When I was a health coach, that was a story that I told. I don't need to talk about that anymore. Yes. So be very, it, it is to do with the relevance to what yeah. it is that you're 
your all the solutions that you're yeah, providing. I love that. And sometimes, you know, if our story has a few key components, like you know, as we know, beginning, middle, and an end, you need to pre-frame it too, because sometimes people leave it right to the end. And for those of us who are very driven, and many of us are, you know, get to the point if we wait too long, by that time, they're, they're, we're already thinking about the things that we need yes. to do, you know, the shopping yeah. list, all that kind of thing. So that's that's really important. Let's talk about some tips on how to share our message to create that global impact. Because as we know, there's so many different tools that we can use. And I always talk about strategy and tactic being so important. Sometimes we jump to the tactic first. Oh, Facebook ads. Everyone needs to do Facebook ads. Everyone needs a, you know, Facebook lives. They're all great tools. But there is a method to, to, to ensure that we're making the cut through and positioning ourselves at that, that go-to authority. So what are some must-do tips for us here? Oh, okay. So this leads into the second key point because I did only touch on the first key point, which is positioning. Yeah. The second key point is building your profile. Yeah. And I think that's where this, this relevance mm. comes in. And it's funny, a lot of times people come to me and say, oh, I need to do a, a Google Ads campaign or I need to do a Facebook ad campaign. And it doesn't take long to realize that's not what they need at all mm. because all that we're doing is opening up a gaping wound where, you know, people say, I want more leads. Yeah. And more leads is not what we need right now because they might be being um, directed to a website that hasn't got a clear message. We might have content that doesn't, um, that's not relevant to who we're helping. Mm. And the biggest thing that I see, and this might sound crazy, is the amount of people that say I need more leads that can't clearly articulate what their product is. They, they, it's, it's, <laughs> when I first came across this problem, I thought it was me being like, what, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. But the amount of people, and I say, cool, what, do you, what can you sell me right now? Oh, well, you know, like I could, you know, do blah, 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 blah. And like, just tell me, what is it? What's the product? What mm. do I get? How much is it? Uh, because if you don't know what that is, mm. you can't sell it. Um, so the three key the three key pieces around building that profile are making sure that your content is directly related to what it is that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And we did touch on that a little bit. Uh, so again, writing your blog posts, your podcasts, your social media posts, all being directly related to what it is that you help people with. Yes. The second piece is having a very clear product offering and really having that one core product that you're known for. Mm. Uh, and the third piece is being very, very clear on your values. Um, and I, I've put this in because I feel that your values are your guiding light to everything that you're talking about out in this big world of social media online. If we're not really clear on what our values are, we haven't got that barometer to, to point us in the right direction, say, that's yes. not for me, or I really, really believe in this. And that's going to be what people are attracted to or not attracted to and that's really important because as important as attracting the right person we also have to repel the people that aren't the right fit yeah so, so around true. that profile piece it's yeah. the value it's the product offering and it's the content yeah and i think something that you said earlier which fits beautifully into this and confirms it we need to have that one key product offering because if we're starting to share and, and our profile is very mixed and broad not specifically speaking into the solution that we offer our ideal client if we're not even sure of who that person is and our product offerings we often can go unnoticed as well. Something that I know that you have all of your thought leaders to develop are things such as books, which we know is a great way to build your credibility and authority in mm -hmm. your industry. Do you think that sometimes, again, some of the tactics 
um, that we use, uh, we place before we need to do some take take some steps back first before we start creating. Because I've you know had spoken to some people who've authored a book, great book, but then again, it's like, well, what are you leading people to? Um, my book. So speak yeah. a little bit more. Is there kind yeah. of like a sequence that you say to people if we're mapping out our journey to that go-to authority? Look, these are kind of the steps that you would want to follow. Totally. So that's the three third key piece. I love the way you segue into this, by the way, Anne-Marie. Very clever. Um, the third key piece is your your exposure. It's the way that you're getting your message out to the world in a bigger way. So being a published author is one of the key pieces to mm. this this third piece. Um, I've got two different ideas on this. So being a published author is really, really important. The, to be the go-to expert, you need to have your what I call an authority positioning book. Yes. It's the book that clearly articulates your methodology and how you work people through your process. Mm-hmm. I personally didn't write that as my first book. So I used the first book more as a memoirs, um, you know, lessons I learned in business. This is kind of the journey. And what happened for me is through my publicity campaign and sharing stories on podcasts like this, mm. I became clear on what my authority positioning was. So yeah. I kind of did it a little bit in reverse and I allowed other people to draw that genius out mm. because as I was interviewed, I started, I took notes in all of my interviews. What is it that people are asking me? What is it that they're interested in? And what rabbit holes do we tend to go down? Because that's a, that, that's the beacon. That's the spotlight yes. of where I need to be. If you're already very clear on your methodologies, your niche, your uh, your message, then mm. I suggest you definitely write your authority positioning book first. Yeah, yeah. that's so key. And it's something in that that I really love and I want to just highlight to people is sometimes we wait to things to get perfect. But I love that you allowed the journey to actually give you feedback on some of the things that was being mentioned to you and reflected back to you. But one thing I think that uh, that you would do, which we, again, as sometimes as entrepreneurs, we can get stuck into, we go into analysis paralysis, don't we? We're really- <laughs> not, me, not me so much. No, no, but really, but speak into that because we I'm can, sure that you've, can, you've yeah. dealt with a lot of people. And I remember someone just having a conversation with me the other day and said, you're not writing war and peace just get it yes. out you've spoken it a yeah. hundred times get it out so what are some things to help give us a bit of a, a nudge along totally so it is getting really clear on what your model yeah. your your unique methodology because once you've got that down and that's something that I take my clients through when they mm. first work with me the first thing we do is work on their authority model and really get clear on on these key pieces that they teach once that's out it is actually the the skeleton for their book or their mm. chapters are already in this model. It's just bang, there they are, 10 yeah. chapters. It is every single piece of content they put out. If it doesn't relate to something in their authority model, don't it's put off it the in cards. There. We yeah. don't talk about it. We don't write about it. Uh, it's again, it's how we, how we walk our clients through their product. So once you're clear on that methodology, it is everything that you talk about, everything that you attract, your program, your, um, your content, everything mm. comes in that. Yes. So, um, yeah, get it, getting that IP out of your head yes. is the key to that. And let me just add, that is something that I help other people do. However, it's something that I can't do for myself. Mm. It is something that we need someone else to help ask the right questions to get this content out. Mm-hmm. Because in our head, it's, well, for me, you know, 25 years or some, 
some people 30 years of yeah. stuff. They know so much stuff that to simplify that into mm-hmm. a very simple model actually needs, you know, someone that really knows how to ask the right questions. Yeah. So yeah. if you can't so do it true. yourself, don't panic. You're completely normal. None of us can. Yeah, that's good. Great, great uh, feedback there. And I think it segues beautifully into working outside our zone of genius. It's diluting our results. We've already spoken about, you know, some of us may still be defining or getting real clarity around what is that zone of genius. And you've already spoken some beautiful insights into that. But something that can often happen, and this happened to me, I love doing lots of things. I'm what I would call a multi-passionate entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. If I'm doing one thing day in, day out, I would bore myself silly. And so I can distract myself, you know, I don't need anyone else to do that for me. But what could often happen was someone would see me doing something like social media oh can you come and speak on social media can you come and speak and then I was happy to share what I was doing but I fell into the trap which is exactly what you said before was you started to build a profile around other things which you don't necessarily really want so yes. what are some some advice or insights for someone that can say you know what I really haven't defined yet what that zone of genius is and share also why we want to do that because you know diluting our results we don't want to if we want to be seen as that go-to authority so what's some insights you can share here totally you know the very first insight is that we actually have to go on that journey that you were talking about where we're doing lots of things generally to find it so we've got experts saying you know you need to find this zone of genius you need to find this niche and clear this clear message and 100 percent that is right and that is what i teach But sometimes it's not just a step from zero to hero. Mm. There's a journey along the way. And for me, it was back in 2015, exactly like you. You know, I've been in business for a long time. I know how to do a lot of things. And if I don't know how to do it, I can usually figure it out really Mm. quickly. So, you know, what's that saying? Say yes and and figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) I was that person. And I was being introduced on stage as a social media expert. um, And the person that was introducing me said, now she knows all about social media, but don't ask me what Sam does because I actually have no idea what she does. Uh And at that moment, I just wanted the ground to swallow me up because I thought, oh my goodness, I thought I was being super smart and doing all these things. And in actual fact, he's going, I've got her here because I know she knows a lot of stuff. But what he was actually saying is if I didn't know her, I would not have hired her to come and speak because I don't know what her zone of genius Mm. is. So I was really listening to in between what was being said. So don't be afraid if you're on that journey to figure it out, but then start to think, what is it that I love doing? That Mm. was, that's a hundred percent the first thing. What is it that I absolutely love doing that I can get out of bed and do all the time? That's the first piece. Number two is what do I want my life to look like? Mm. Um, and again, this is through me building businesses that took me out of the family home when I had three young children. It probably, it, you know, it wasn't the smartest move, but I didn't think about what do I want my future to look like? Yes. So when you know I, I do want to be traveling or I don't want to be traveling, you know what your business model needs to look like. Mm. So that's another piece. Uh, And the third piece is what comes really, really easily that Mm. people are attracted to. So what is it that you can talk about underwater with marbles in your mouth for 10 years without taking Mm. a breath? What's that thing? And then start to fiddle around with those areas and and sort of, you know, have a look and and brain dump all of these ideas and Mm -hmm. start to see what's the 
you know, what's the, the overarching message that you can see there? Yeah, I love that. And, and I think giving permission to be able to go on that exploration journey, because sometimes figuring out what you do want is getting really clear on what you don't want. And I think sometimes we can get so stuck in the issues of, well, that failed or that didn't work very well. Speak a little bit about that, because I think, you know, each and every one of us has our own hero journey. And that can be the greatest gift that we can share in our stories that inspire hope and possibility and greatness in others. Because if we've gone through it, uh, then possibly it is possible for them, which we absolutely know to be true. So speak a bit around that, because I think so often we are shamed of the failures and the businesses that didn't work, yet that can be our greatest lesson and learning. So what insights do you want to share here? Oh, you know, I really love that you've touched on this because... We, you know, our world is full of experts. You know, I consider myself an expert. I can help people. And sometimes we get caught up. Okay, we'll go back to the analysis paralysis. We can get caught up thinking that person said to do this. Mm. Sam said we had to choose a niche. Yeah. And we get, we hold ourselves back instead of giving ourselves permission to, to move forward. And as you said, this journey of exploration is where we get our stories. It is mm. the, the picture that's being created and painted. I was asked this exact question just last week on stage um, at an event in San Diego. And uh, the girl that I was um, being interviewed by, we were talking about failures. A lot of people use, uh, think of failures as a bad thing, mm. where after all of these years and being in business, it didn't take me that long to realize my failures are actually my learnings. Mm. And if I didn't do that thing, which some people consider wrong, which I actually don't think they are wrong. Mm. I do something that didn't come out with an outcome that I was hoping for. What do I need to learn from that? So there's yeah. nothing wrong. There's no failures. It's just, what can I learn from that? How can I use it to pivot, to change, to do more of one thing, to do less of something else? Yes. And in actual fact, those things that go wrong are things that I talk about all the time. Mm. Like, the story of, you know, in my uh, first year of business, we opened a, a dancewear store. It was selling um, uh, uniforms for little children that went to dancing. Mm. Well, over December and January, they're in school holidays. No one buys dance uniforms and, it, and we'd, only, we'd only been open a few months. So in all wisdom, I thought I'll purchase swimwear so that I've got something to hold us over. Yeah. But who's going to buy swimwear from a dancewear store? Yeah. I lost a lot of money from it. I could have said it was a failure. It actually wasn't. It was a learning. It taught mm. me about niching very, very early on. It taught me about, you know, where I want to make sure that the money's going. Uh, it taught me about how to project sales. It taught me about lots and lots of things, which I still talk about to this day. Yes. So there is no failures. There's just learnings. Yeah, and love that. I think that if we're not making mistakes every day, we're not mm. playing big enough. Yeah. And it reminds me of the story, and I'm sure that you've shared this many times and everyone's heard about, you know, Thomas Edison. I mean, how many times did he do his experiments till he finally reached a success. And I want to share a little bit of his story that I only heard a couple of weeks ago that segues beautifully into my next question. I'm not sure if you, you're aware or our listeners and viewers are aware, when he was younger, um, he took a letter home from his school and his mother read the letter and she cried and he said, what's in the letter? And she said, the teacher um, had written or the headmistress had written, um, your son is a genius. We don't have teachers to be able to nurture that in him. You're going to have to teach him at home. 
he has to leave the school. Anyway, later on when he was an adult and his mother had passed away, he was cleaning up and he found a book and out dropped this letter. And when he opened it up, the letter had said, your child is a nuisance. He is whatever word it was. He needs to leave the school. You'll have to homeschool him. And he just, you know, just could not believe it. So his mother had, uh, you know, hidden that from him. Goes to show number one, the environment and the people that we hang out okay. with and what we speak allow to be spoken to in our lives is so important. So often as a thought leader, we are challenging the status quo. We are sharing our message and that horrible saying, which we all know and sometimes have experienced the tall poppy syndrome, that mm -hmm. can sometimes keep us stuck. So what insights have you, and I'm sure you share this all the time with your thought leaders, get your message out there. Don't worry mm -hmm. about what other people say. Yeah, totally. Um, and funnily enough, I actually saw a post on LinkedIn today and I was like, Sam, step away from the, just step away. Do not, <laughs> Take a breath. You, know, you go to type like, no, nope, step away. Um, and because we can get caught up in what other people think mm. and exactly what you said, the people that we're surrounding ourselves, that is our reality at that time. Yeah. So it is so, so important to be, you know, hanging around with the right people, have the right inner circle. You know, I don't know if you've heard the saying new level, new devil, mm. but you won't, you, your inner circle will change as well yes. as you move up because that tall poppy syndrome does come into play. Yeah. You know, I noticed that I made a, um, a bit of a bold move a couple of years ago and my inner circle changed within a month mm. because I could just see everyone that, um, you know, it, it, it made other people, I guess, feel bad about themselves that maybe mm. they weren't playing big. It was nothing to do with me at all. It was about them. Yeah. Um, so, you know, be very caring about the people around you, but don't hold them so close that it, that it jades what you do. Mm. But this post that I saw today said, um, you know, is thought leadership something that you bestow upon yourself or is it something that someone else bestows upon you? Mm -hmm. And I believe that is something you bestow upon yourself mm. to start with because the thinking behind this is if you think and believe that you're a thought leader, mm -hmm. you will constantly be pushing your own boundaries at all times. Yeah. You, you, the quality of your work will go up because you'll be, you know, go to push send on something and you think, is this the quality of a thought leader? Mm. Actually, no, I could add this or I could change this. And it, it, not as a procrastination method of holding yeah. it back, but just to make sure that you're always pushing your own boundaries. Mm -hmm. So sure, other people do have to believe that you're a thought leader and I get that. Mm -hmm. But give yourself permission. If, if, you, if you're a thought leader, give yourself permission to be a thought leader and mm. you will rise up to yes. being a thought leader. Yeah. So, so yeah. true because if you don't believe it in yourself, as is, I, I think it's true, one, one would feed the other. If you don't believe that yourself, the level of confidence and the quality of content that you continue to share is just not going to have that so people can't recognize it. And then, mm -hmm. of course, once people do start to realize it uh, or recognize it because of the consistency in everything that you've shared today, uh, then that will continue to inspire you to, to share that, that message. So, um, so very important. So, Sam, Mantha, Samantha, I, I always call you Sam and I, I haven't actually ever yeah, asked I, you permission. Do you no. mind if I, because we've got a neighbor whose name is Sam. So, um, no, Sam is completely Okay, fine. good, good, good. <laughs> I was just about to call up, but hang on, I haven't asked it at the beginning of the show. Good, good. What is the best way for people to connect with you? How can they find out more about your podcast? Look, the very easiest way is to go to my website, samanthariley.global. 
On the front page is a download right there at the top, um, the Thought Leaders Positioning Checklist, which is a quick download or a quick guide to help you understand the first five things you really need to tick off yes. to make sure that you are positioning yourself as a thought leader. Then on there, you can see my, my podcast, Thought Leaders Business Lab. It's got all my social media links. So that way, if you just go straight to my website, everything's there and uh, you won't have to Fabulous. be remembering everything that I spit out at you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. One question I'd love to ask, and I've asked a few people uh, recently on the podcast, is when you think about 2019, what are some things that, you know, changes, advancements that as thought leaders we should be recognising and positioning ourselves for to make sure that we continue to, you know, get out there in the way in which we want what are some things that you see are exciting that's going to happen yeah I think that's something that uh that we all need to be really aware of and we should be now but mm. moving forward it's something that's really important is making sure that we're not relying on one one online platform yeah. that we really need to make sure that we're building our community in lots of different places and making sure that we're bringing people back to our email list or to our own property yes. that if you're relying on Facebook oh it's coming to a time where it's really you know not too distant future that you know things could go wrong or you know you could even have your account shut down tomorrow yeah so be very so aware that you need to be building your community in lots of different places yeah so so very important and again Samantha thank you so much for coming on the show I have thoroughly enjoyed a conversation and can certainly recommend uh, people check out uh, all of the content that you share it's so very important if uh, you want to continue to position yourself as that thought leader in your industry thanks so much for having me You've been listening to the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, brought to you by BeTheDifferenceMovement.com, changing the world one message at a time. Do you feel called to influence real change with your message? Join our supportive community of like-minded influencers, thought leaders, and disruptors at www.BeTheDifferenceMovement.com. That's BeTheDifferenceMovement.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.